0: as unity understands it, is a function of the mind of man and woman, to consciously align with the pre-existing reality that is source energy or God. It isn't to convince an anthropomorphic deity to come and do something by whatever means. As an individual expression of this energy, it is part of what I like to call our eternal spiritual DNA, and yet it can be temporarily overcome by a focus on unpleasant things, unpleasant energies, a belief that we are less than in truth we really are, or a basic belief in a God idea that never existed in the first place. Said another way, prayer isn't for a God who the prayerer hopes has a listening ear, hence, to do something out of the ordinary to capture God's attention. Prayer is for man and woman and is the process of the alignment of consciousness with the indwelling energies that translate into awareness, wellness, abundance, peace, joy. This is why unity teaches affirmative prayer, meaning to enlist in our times of prayer uh, a conscious choice to focus on energies that affirm alignment with the innate truth of who and what we truly are. Said another way, the energies that are equated with affirmative prayer enhance the process of the flow or again, Perhaps better said, the acceptance of the energies that then are now more unencumbered with the thought of fear and all of its first and second cousins. It stands to reason to me, and I trust it is to you too, that if I focus on the energies that I can give a word value to and call fear or doubt or guilt or shame or similar, energies that are not ever equated with the essence of pure being, with God, that if generated by us, muddy the waters of the flow of what is always our greater good. So, how do we pray? Well, at one time, many have been taught that it is always... Uh, I won't even go to the, to the kneeling on, on one's knees here at this moment but we may have been taught that at the beginning of a time of prayer that we somehow need to acknowledge something that is up there somewhere and our eyes go upward. Um, Maybe we were taught this, um, that this was the proper beginning or posture for prayer. Uh, It had its beginnings, uh, origins, centuries ago, with the belief, of course, in a very anthropomorphic deity who had his home, just above the clouds. Uh, Is it wrong to do this? Of course not. But understand what it does. It imposes, uh, it injects a a subtle belief structure not based on oneness as the one creative essence of pure being, of pure energy, of God expressing uh, uh, through us, in us, and to us, but of a kind of separation And this muddies the waters of the flow. Well, why? We are always in charge of how wide we open the allegorical floodgates of the flow of spirit into our moment, into our world, into our life, into all aspects of us. We can never shut it off. We can never totally diminish, but we can temporarily narrow this energy as we put forth roadblocks, as it were, into this flow by thoughts that are not in sync with the One Presence, One Power. And then, for many, usually prayer time, after the perfunctory, Dear God, the initial steps of prayer enlisted, then, almost always, a need to explain to infinite intelligence what the problem is. And perhaps, then, with supplication, or beseeching or bargaining or asking for something to be changed or something to be alleviated and almost always from a posture of being really unworthy to receive it but please can't you do it anyway. Over the recent years if you've been here for a little bit you may have noticed that I don't use as much the word healing as I do wellness or similar and there is a correlation here with prayer And the way that, perchance, we once prayed, uh, um, uh, as perhaps we saw the need to bring infinite intelligence, God, up to speed with the problem. See, whenever we speak the word healing, our energies of focus are split between something that we perceive being wrong or bad and the outcome that we are asking for. Whenever we hold within a focus of thought energy, whatever we hold in this focus of thought energy increases by the law of mind action or attraction. So, as we even use the word healing, it divides where our energy focused is placed, for it purposefully acknowledges something that we call wrong or bad along with what we want to see as an outcome or a cure. See, this is why, for me, I am uh, um, preferring to use the word wellness, which, in a more generic way, provides a focus generator of energies toward not multiple targets anymore, but just wellness, just strength, just vitality, just stability, just similar. Um, a Nitpicking? Some may think so, but I don't. You know, so I would say it in this way I don't want to be a healer as much as I want to be a generator of wellness in one's life, in one's experience. So let this lead us then to the subject of praying for others. In unity, as Mary Ellen and I were trained within Silent Unity, which is the oldest 24 7, 365 prayer ministry in the United States that freely offers its prayer energy to anyone via mail, via telephone, uh, and now of course the internet. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. In the written responses to these requests for prayer, we in our training were told that we always uh, um, uh, give a willingness, share a willingness to pray with someone. We don't say we will pray for you. This carried the message of co-responsibility for the process of prayer that would lead to fulfillment, not a thought that someone can now drop their need in the lap of Silent Unity and then go on with business as usual. We realized that, of course, the many who contact Unity Prayer Ministry over the years, they come from a variety of places and systems of belief. This is why whenever we we, we, um, we responded by letter to something that was shared with us. It was always sent with a specific affirmation or affirmative prayer uh, card asking the person to use this in their times of prayer with us, as well as a specifically chosen pamphlet that carried with it a thought on the positive side of the opportunity that they presented. This was generally, as we address the letter and everything, uh, one-to-one on the telephone as we spoke to people calling in. It was a one-to-one with somebody seeking prayer assistance because of what was taking place in their life personally. But then, what about others? What about praying for others? Can this happen? In today's lesson, this is a good point to draw upon last week's sharing and remind ourselves Again, a definition from Unity about prayer. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, stated that prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action process known and has a synchronizing effect um, uh, between one's present consciousness and what Fillmore calls the Christ mind or one's innate God identity. Now, each individual, everyone, 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 everyone has this God identity at the core of who and what they truly are. And each situation, each circumstance, each form of life upon this planet, each nation either has an individual or collective God identity consciousness that contains within it the creative God essence that is the energy of all peace, of all love, of all joy, of that which we might call ultimate good. So again, what about praying for others? Can this take place? Well, the answer, of course, as you know, most certainly. But the same opportunity exists as the more our focus can be on wellness and similar and not to split our energies between what is perceived as wrong or even if they tell us what is wrong and the desired outcome. The more energy that can be transmitted from the level of our God identity to the person or situation for whom we hold in prayer receives that which is the greatest benefit. Often when people are talking with me, be it uh, uh, on the phone or in person, and they have something going on in their life, they sometimes ask, uh, you you know, how much do do you want to know? I said, hardly anything, please. I don't really want to know. Uh, what, what I want to do is be a focus for that which is the solution in your world and in your life. I want to hold the high watch as much as I can. So let's remember that prayer is not a process by which we change or cajole God, but a process of self-alignment with the energy of God so as to provide this energy, a platform, or said another way, a consciousness upon which to flow. I like to think of prayer as a type of electromagnetic transfer of energy. It is a type of electromagnetic transfer of energy. And as we launch this energy from more a tuned in, tapped in, turned on awareness we are then part of the solution and not the perceived problem. There is a corollary between the workings of this level of mind within us and a broadcasting station. As we pray for another person, a situation, um, um, uh, a four-footed critter, or some pet, some animal, some creature, uh, anything... As we pray for another, we know that each has a unique vibrational signature, a vibrational energy, an identity. And this is what generated prayer, again, which I have equated with an electromagnetic type of energy, this is what it homes in on. This is why praying for another is always effective. So for what do we pray? What energy do we transmit? Do we know what is the highest good for another? Do we ever know the right and perfect timing for the moment of one to make their transition or similar? Do we really know the path another should take or what his, her decision should be? And I would guess you would pre-guess my question with the answer, of course not, no. And then, so then what good is prayer? If seen from a perspective of how to control another or an outcome, this is totally out of sync with unity's understanding. So, as we hold another in prayer, again, be it a person, a pet, a situation, a nation, it is to encircle each with, again, the electromagnetic energies that are transmitted From our quiet moments of knowing, energies that speak of divine order, of love, of peace, that will then find their mark and be a present presence within them. Then, after we have done that, unity teaches that it is incumbent upon the prayer to release that person, that pet, that situation, that nation to what we have to trust is the higher good. Even though from a higher human level, the best we are capable of at any moment, from the human level of judgment or perspective, it may not seem that way. People, surprisingly, they make their transitions every now and then, don't we? Uh, We all do. Encircle someone in this process in the energy of love and peace. The energy might be all it takes to then permit a choice on their part for peaceful passing. Or it might be on their part a resurrection of energy that others might claim to be a miracle taking place. Encircle another in the energies of abundance and enlightenment and they the quicker will be able to lay hold of this and bring it into manifestation in their lives. Another definition of prayer. Prayer is always our consciousness reaching out for its energy equivalence. Let me say that again. Prayer is our consciousness continually reaching out for its energy equivalence, but now in the form of person, place, condition, or thing. Consciousness is the antecedent for everything in our lives. It is how the law of mind action, of consciousness, of attraction works. For our hand is either always, consciously or subconsciously, unconsciously, on the pulse of causation for everything in our lives. Hence, we are always in the process of how this works. And this is prayer. Prayer doesn't always start with a dear God and end with an amen. Formalized or maybe... Focused prayer does, but we are always thinking and thought generates consciousness, and this is prayer. So the question we might be led to keep active in our lives as thought is monitored more and more, for what am I praying? For what does this thought pray for in my life? For what am I asking? Then the next subject after prayer that is a part of today's sharing. Um, In Unity, we often use the word truth, capital T, or the truth. What are we saying? The Revealing Word, Unity's little book of definitions, says, well, truth, the absolute, that which accords with God as divine principle, that which is, has been, ever will be, that which is eternal. The truth of God is reality, The same yesterday, today, and forever. The varieties of being are eternal and have always existed. Truth abides in fullness at the core of man-woman's being. As this consciousness expands, we touch ever more deeply levels of this one truth. And what seems to be new is but the unveiling of that which always has been. Saying that... What we call truth is the reason behind why seven times seven is 49, why the moon's gravitational pull affects tides, why we perceive the sky as blue, why water expands when it freezes, and why two very toxic elements, when combined, now become salt. It's behind everything. It is the foundation. It is God. Now, the ever-changing variable is always man and woman, especially when functioning within life from a lack of conscious awareness of oneness with how everything works. Truth is the foundation of who and what we are, of who and what we always have been and forever shall be. Truth, its adjectives, are peaceful, abundance, joyous, and loving, Its synonyms are strength, life, and eternity. The question is asked in the book by Fillmore, if in the face of challenge or adversity, in the face of unpleasant appearances, if one stood firm within the truth, would this be sufficient to mitigate and transform things? And of course, it would. Fillmore is then quoted to have said, about truth. Can you stick to that proposition of truth as the underlying reality within all things? Can you stick to that proposition in spite of all appearances? If you can, you are aligning with the spirit of truth, and this always takes precedent over any form of adversity. I have to believe this for myself, and I have to believe this for you. The psalmist allegorically Said of those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, or I would say in Unity's words, who stand steadfast in truth. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. So, what is our challenge? Allow me to echo somewhat the essence of the words of the famous author Luke Skywalker. as he said, I don't believe it. And then to overlook Yoda's response with the power of the force, as with it, he was raising Luke's X-wing craft out of the muck and said, and that is why you fail. So belief. Closing with Yoda's quote, he uses the word force here it's the same as unity would say truth he said for my ally is the force is truth and a powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow its energy surrounds us and binds us luminous beings are we not this crude matter you must feel the force the truth around you Here." Between you, me, the tree, the rock, everything, everywhere, yes, between the land and your ship. And I would add, the truth is who and what we really are. So, may the force be with you. Oh No, let me rephrase that. May you always be consciously aware that you are the force, that you are the truth.